Hi everybody, uh, my name is Nicholas. Welcome to uh, another episode of Everything Design. And today we are on Instagram live. Uh, we are also on, we're recording on Zoom. And you know, uh, we have, uh, we're currently recording in my kitchen. Um, but today I have a very special guest. Today I have Dominic Fong um, of Pen and Paper Studios. And I've known Dominic for uh, quite a long time. Um, we've been friends since secondary school. And uh, we used to play soccer together. Um, but oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, a few years ago, we, we, we got reconnected back again uh, through the world of design because I knew that he was taking up, uh, he had finished his ADM course. And basically, um, you know, we've been in conversation ever since over the past few years and, you know, talking about collaboration. Um, and, you know, I've always um, been very intrigued by the work that he does with Pen and Paper Studios, um, his journey as an illustrator. Um, and basically, um, you know, I've always wanted to, to, to have uh, sharing with him, for him to share with us some of his perspectives. Right. Um, so, yeah, let me uh, introduce. Uh, let, no, no, let's have uh, Dominic. So, can you say hi? Hi, Dominic. How's everybody? Hey, How's everything? Hey, hey, guys. How's it going? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. So, Dom, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and you tell us a little bit about uh, Pen and Paper Studios, right? So, what is Pen and Paper Studios about and, um, you know, what have you been doing um, uh, with Pen and Paper Studios over the past few years? Okay. Maybe let's just start off with how I got into the world of design, you know. Um, so like like Nick was sharing, we knew each other through, you know, we, we were childhood friends essentially. We started out knowing each other in secondary school. He was in St. Gabriel's. I was uh, Maris. Rivalry, rivalry. My, my dad teach in St. Gabriel, oh, yes, so yes, which, yes. Is, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And my good friends stay around his neighborhood. So that's that's actually uh it's kinda interesting. Um uh, but I think when I was a kid, I really, really enjoyed just drawing and doing art. So um, even when I was a, a, a child, you know, I would just doodle, doodle, doodle everywhere. And, uh, you know, my sister can, you know, testify. Like, you know, she, can, she sees my drawings everywhere, even under my bed frame or even under, you know, those, those kind of uh, very cushy stools. With uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fake PVC kind of thing. I'll, I'll, I'll flip over the stool and I'll use uh, markers to draw over them sometimes. Do you draw on the walls? So I, did you ever draw I, on the walls? No, walls walls I cannot draw because okay, you know okay, Asian okay. parents are yeah, 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 you get yeah, a kid, yeah. you get a rotana. True, true, true. So um yeah, so drawing was, you know, I think I think probably at around 14 I knew I had to do something to do with drawing as my career. Um yeah. Um so along the way, as I took up art, I, I initially I thought I wanted to be like a fine artist, right? And I was like, hey, cool man, painting. Um Painting some stuff, being an intellectual is, you know, I thought it was my thing because I took um, art and then I went to JC and I took uh, A level art. And that was more intellectual, right? Because you studied Western art history, blah, 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 blah. So I thought, okay, you know, maybe the pinnacle of what I can do is to, you know, be a fine artist. But, but there was an itch at the back of my head because I really loved my Saturday morning cartoons at the time. Mm. Like, you know, the X Men, you know, the um, Spider Man, and there was this cartoon that really inspired me and it was uh Power Rangers. It was Battletech. What what was it? Sorry? Battletech. Battletech. Well I've never heard of that. Was, you never heard of Battletech? Oh never my heard of Battletech. God. So it's one of those um cartoons that use 3D early on. 3D. 
So there's there's one okay, cartoon I, that used I yeah, think what's yeah, it called? Yeah, okay. Oh, there's one mainframe. Is it? Was it called mainframe? I there's think mainframe. Transformers used also used Transformers had a had a three D. Beast Wars. That was Beast Wars. Yeah. Beast Wars. Yes. That was Beast Wars. Yeah. So it was around that time period where, where this cartoon came out. It was Battletech. I was like, holy shit, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And I remember buying my first Battletech novel. I have. I still have it somewhere. Um. And and. You know, I, I just got fascinated by it. And I saw this book cover of these two robots, like, duking it out. And I was like, wow, someone can make a living doing that kind of stuff. Drawing robots and, and you know, shit like that. I'm like, hey, maybe I don't have to be some artsy-fartsy kind of guy. Huh? Um, but I still remember, right? My, my, I was asking my, my lecturer about it. Hey, how, how can I do something like that? I brought my book. How can I do something like that? And he just dismiss me like you know because i mean it's aep my art elective program at yeah. a level so you know gotta be intellectual about it gotta be um, academic about it mm. so um i was dismissed but that, that got me the thing and i think during ms i tried to figure out you know what's this whole who makes a living drawing robots and i think that was when um, things were starting to pick up and you know, all this information about concept design started to come about and yeah, I, I got bits and pieces of information here and there. Um, and when I went to uni, uh, yeah, that was when, you know, this whole idea of concept art came about. It started to get more mainstream, more more information started to flow out. And it gradually became to be accepted that, you know, it's a possible career path. You went so, to ADM, right? Yes, I went to ADM. Yes, so yes, for, yes. for so those who guys, NTU yeah, know me, uh, art I went design to art school of art design media because there weren't there wasn't any illustration programs back then in Singapore, mm. um, and I couldn't afford to go overseas. So it was like ADM was the next best thing because yeah. brand new school. I was the second best to go in, and I remember a friend telling me, "Say, hey, why don't you just give it a shot, right? Because new school, new possibilities, new mm. curriculum, everything's open, right?" So I went in there, and wow, um, I took up animation. Because I thought I just wanted to draw. But then, you know, there's this, there's this itch there again, you know, like concept art, drawing robots, designing spaceships and stuff. So that that got me to um, think about that. And then uh, when, when FZD opened up... Um, Fengzhou Design, I, right? Yeah, I decided F- to give it a shot upon yeah. graduation. Yeah. So I went to FZD. I took up um, uh, industrial design. In I mean, that's based in entertainment. Mm. And I think that's when I started holding up my drawing skills there, my painting skills there. And yeah, I met some some cool buddies along the way. So yeah, after that, I was firmly said this is kind of gonna be my career path. Um, so pen and paper came about probably around six years after I graduated after FZD. Mm. So after I was a game designer, I went to a production house, and then after that, I decided you know why not why not do it my own right? Because I was getting bored working in one place. So it was a really crazy thing to do because. You know, I, I, at a point in time, I wouldn't say that I had the best um, work or best portfolio, but I knew I had to try it out on my own, right? Because mm-hmm. I wanted to be my own boss and see what that felt like. I thought, okay, la, maybe, you know, two for one year, fail. Okay, la, find a job somewhere again. La, you know? There's always that that backup of like getting a job. Not that, not that the job market was that good at the time, but still, you know, to get a job. At most, I could be a teacher and teach mm. uh, art. Um, so yeah so I've been running pen and paper for coming six years wow that's quite long you know it's kind of cool because we started out I mean I started out being a freelancer at that time or I saw myself as a freelancer Mm -hmm. I just got any any jobs that was out there you know um, 
storyboard, I do visualization, I do motion graphics stuff, some asset creation stuff, I also do mm. creating game assets, I also do. So I, I uh, was kind of like the all round all rounder guy who doesn't specialize in anything, just do anything, right? Because I need to eat. Um, I think it's only recently, I think last year onwards, that's when I started to think a little bit more about positioning and how I can actually, you know, specialize and find a niche that I am more catered towards than that, that would make me um, more of an expert in that particular field. Mm. And uh, so last year was a really interesting year because that was the year when I, I started to work with, um, you know, the Singapore Flyer. Mm. I worked with Mandai. Um, I, I had the Singapore Flyer design the mascot. I'm not really sure how much of it went to the final design. Um, but, you know, I, I at least played a part in its development, and mm. which is kind of cool. And then I work on the, you know, the Mandai project. I have to visualize the um, theme attraction. Mm. Uh, so that really got me to think, hey, why not just niche down the area? Because that, that area is fun. Mm. And I really enjoy doing that. So I think sometime along this year, um, I mean, I didn't expect COVID to happen. Of course, no one expects of course, it. Of course, of course. You know, I, I was just thinking, okay, maybe this year will be a year where I really position uh, a pen and paper to be more like that. And, um, you know, I'm starting to build up work that's mm. catered more in that field. Sorry, which is what? How would you how would you define this field? Like, what what's this field that you're you you're you're moving into as a as a designer? Because you did speak about a broad range of things that you were doing previously, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now, if you're looking at it, how how would you really define this field um, within the design field in the sense? So this this will be catered more towards entertainment design. So I mean, okay. if you talk about um, cinemas or games right you need someone has to design the environment someone has to design the mood mm. um, but in my case in particular these are theme attractions so theme parks need to be designed as well it doesn't just come out of um, anywhere you got to consider you know what's the user experience going to be like what's mm. the person going to feel when they enter into a space what's the experience the person feels when they see a theme attraction be it an animal one or a theme park one right mm. um, so it's it's thought out, it's brainstormed, and you know, you, you need a lot of um yeah, creative problem skills to to solve mm. all these um things yeah. before you can come up with a nice visual to get everyone to say, Hey, this is what the end product should look like. Now, engineers and fabricators, please take it away and go build it. I see, I see. So now we I mean we would we would sort of define this as your your niche area like, that you currently have is really this area of entertainment um design but it's linked a little bit together with um uh, with theme parks as well but 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 mainly it's still looking at entertainment design la. so right? so think about it, it's just industrial design with an entertainment slant uh it's i mean the still the still i mean the old discipline of i mean or maybe it's not old but you know the discipline of just industrial design building stuff um to make things work um those are the principles that i kind of learned and but we're trying to make it fun, engaging and entertaining for, you know, people to just experience it. So that is the basis of uh, entertainment design. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. So I went to close the door. Um, I think there's a, there's a bit of sound coming from outside. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, with entertainment design. So, I mean, I think today we, want, we wanted to talk. I think we wanted to sh- have a bit of sharing in terms of, Entrepreneurship, right? Um, starting your own business, being a freelancer, 
Um, and I mean, now that you've been able to go into this niche, you know, we you, you started out doing a wide range of things, but now you've been able to mm. go into this niche. Do you think many freelancers um, go through a very similar journey, or do you think your 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 journey of going into a very niche market, right? This entertainment that's um, you know uh, entertainment industry mm. slash industrial design aspect. Do you think that's something that that is a quite a unique journey for you, or do you feel that this is something that actually most of your other peers who have been freelancers? And entrepreneurs, um, that most of them are also going through that very similar process. I think it's it's probably unique in the sense that um, everyone has a different path. Uh, some of my friends who have been freelancing for a while, they they started work in a game studio, and now they're working on big titles like Call of Duty. You know, designing the skins for some of the characters there all the time. Um, so for myself, uh, I started work in a commercial uh, boutique agency. Hmm. Yeah. And then when I started out, um, you know, coming from Singapore, there's very little, um, very small game industry. Hmm. So there wasn't much job in that kind of area. So I just took on any jobs that came along the way. And as I grew in confidence, um, you know, I started taking on bigger projects, hmm. started working with more people. And that was when I also thought, hey, you know, maybe I could share some of the things that I've learned and, and maybe that could be another source of um, income or revenue as well. That's, mm. That was when I started to venture a little bit into organizing workshops and um, teaching. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, different people have different experiences. I would say mine was just a, my, my whole career was just born out of necessity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> I have to eat and yes, I have yes, to yes. find ways to make myself relevant to the market and to eat. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's when I brought my skills to the table and said, hey, you know, how can I um, bring food onto the table and as well as, um, yeah, you know, just, just making things viable for myself mm. Yeah, as, as I grew. Yeah. So, I, I mean... I mean, I, 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 I used to do freelance as well, right? Um, being, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in Australia, I was... Um, you know, taking photography for weddings, for events. I did a lot of graphic design as well for the university, mm. outside of the university. And and I think being a designer, we need to be, we need to be very adaptive of the, the situation, right? I mean, of course, I will not be able to do, um, build a home because I have no industrial design, uh, mm. interior design background. Uh, but based on the skills that I had, I was able to shift into different markets, if you were sort of put in that way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, do you think that 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 designers that want to do freelance or you know be their own boss in a way, do they have to start out doing a lot of things, like having a very broad range of skills and doing taking up a lot of different types of jobs? Or do you think that think they should it really go down depends a on straight path? Yeah, it, it really depends on the capability of um, you know the, the individual who is deciding to you know chart his own path. Right? Mm. Um, if this person is someone who has worked in a company before and has built out a certain expertise, mm. chances are he or she want to leverage on that expertise. No, but if you just you have you're a fresh graduate, mm. um, personally, I wouldn't recommend a fresh graduate to be a freelancer right away. 
Okay, uh, why that is that? Maybe shooting yourself in the foot. Why would you? Why do you say that? Um, why why would I do that? I'm I'm sorry, I can't really hear you. Um, oh, so uh, why do you why do you say that? Why do you think why do you think that grad fresh graduates shouldn't be freelancers? I think a freelancer is a kind of like a if you think about it this way. Um, so let's say if you have a, I mean, if you use military terms lah, because that's the thing that I'm thinking of at the moment, right? You've got your basic infantry, right? Mm. Uh, you've got, I mean, at least in Singapore, you've got the guards and then you've got the commandos, right? So when when a freelancer comes in, uh, if you want to be a highly valuable freelancer, you want to be the commando that drops in and you know saves the day at the back of you know the, the front lines, right? You want to be the hero, right? You don't want to be like the grunt that's doing the work, and that can only come when um, an individual has built up credibility over the years. Uh, credibility in a, in a pillar of expertise, um, credibility in terms of um, their repute and who they have worked with. Um, yeah, that, that can only be built up over time and experience. So I think when I freelance, um, because I'm somewhere in between, I'm kind of like a, you know, three years out of graduation and worked in two companies, not many contacts, uh, didn't have a wide network. So I struggled in my first two years, mm. right? Because that, that was tough because uh, it was more like, okay, come on. I, I, I had to, in that sense, I had to just back for scraps. Whatever that came by, I just had to do it, mm. right? But I was, I was thinking, you know, if I had worked in a bigger organization mm. uh, and, and have, uh, you know, many years of credibility, then definitely, you know, with, with that network that you inherently have in an organization, um, you can leverage a lot faster, right? Because you, it's kind of like being in uh, Willy Wonka's uh, golden ticket, right? You've got a golden ticket. Fantastic. You know, people recognize that you work in, say, Ubisoft, Lucasfilm or whatnot. Instantly, you have that certificate of quality mm-hmm. <laughs> associated with working in such a big organization. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, personally, I would just recommend um, my, my personal opinion, at least, would be to just, for, for fresh graduates, find somewhere to build a pillar of expertise before um, you want to choose to freelance. Yeah. Uh, I see. So, so from, I mean, based on this, I think it also aligns with the, the, the idea that we were talking about just now, to say that mm. if you were to become a freelancer, it would be good if you were somebody that had a very specific niche set of uh, sets of a uh, set of skills, right? That you were saying that okay, if I was a graphic designer, I would be looking at prints or typography uh, mm. or copywriting or art direction um, or photography in that sense, right? Rather than um, you know doing too many things and mm. you know not necessarily becoming. Um, an expert in that particular area, right? So, um, but I mean, I, 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 I do agree to a certain extent, you know, in what you're saying that, that, that we all, I think designers need to have a very good niche area. Like, I mean, for mm. myself, as a designer, the, the, the skill set that I think I have the, the most sort of grasp on, the strongest grasp on is, is digital media, right? Uh, photography, mm. video, um, digital content, mm-hmm. print, not so much. Um, that's why I wouldn't say that I have that 
expertise in when it comes to print. So I'm always learning about print as much as I can from my other colleagues or my other peers, right? Those that mm. that, that that are working on um, you know, print projects, they they mm-hmm. run their own um, Hang on, uh. I think oh. there's there's, oh, there's feedback. I can mute that this thing. Oh. Just uh, getting a bit of echo here. Uh nah, never mind. It's okay. Let's just Is it better now? Yeah, because I can hear my, I can hear, I can hear you over the phone. Oh, 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 oh yeah, hey, hey, it's not a lot better. Oh, I think we solved uh, one of the problems yeah. that we, we had. So there's, it, there's a little bit of echoing going yeah, on. Yeah. But, is it still uh, happening? You know, whatever works. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, never mind, it's uh, still our second episode. Uh, so we will, we will try to... Hey, you'll iterate and you'll improve. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> constantly improve. It's about constantly creating content and putting it out there, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, maybe what we'll do is we can say bye to our Instagram users now because that may be causing us some uh, um, feedback, but we'll still continue with the podcast and then we will we will upload it uh, and we will, you know, and you'll still be part of the journey. All right, so I'm just going to end the, the, the Instagram now, but uh, we'll continue with the regular podcast. All right, man. Okay, cool. so um, yeah, ho- hopefully that, 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 that works and that's, that's better for, for, for us right now. Um, so yeah, anyway, we just what we were talking about just now was l- really looking mm. at um, this whole idea of, you know, the niche set of skills that designers should have, right? Um, and, mm. and I think I, I agree. I really do feel that, um, you know, designers have to have a, a, a specific... You cannot be doing everything, right? You cannot be doing every mm. single thing under the sun, um, I mean, but, I mean, let's let's yeah. just put it in very purely Singaporean terms. Yeah, like, yeah, you Think yeah. about it. If you go to a hawker center, right? Yeah. You go to a hawker center, you see this guy who can. I can cook for you roti prata. I can cook for you <laughs> type. Of, I yeah. can cook for you Western food versus a guy who sells chicken rice for like twenty years. Uh, who do you yeah, think yeah, will yeah. be the pro, right? Especially for that chicken rice, like you want to go to that chicken rice guy specifically for that chicken rice. Exactly. Dish, uh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Rather yeah. than go to the guy who sells you uh, roti prata, you know. Uh, and everything you go like uh, when you have too many things you're stuck for choice I mean you, you, your brain freezes right yeah so yeah that, that's my analogy mm. and I think um, I've, I've learned to embrace it because initially I, I was kind of like you know what specialization is for like I don't know if only if you're a very high level then you should specialize but then I realized that hey you know um, generalizing being, being a generalist doesn't really help me to grow mm. right um, being a, a jack of all trades isn't isn't helpful for me to develop a pillar of expertise in one area. Yeah. So I think one one term that I hear a lot these days is like you got to develop a T shaped expertise, right? Ah, uh, yes, 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 have, yes. You have broad uh, or general set of skills, and then you have one pillar of like depth to to a certain skill set or whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think I think that's important because as designers, we got to think about how we can apply our design skills to mm. a whole wide variety of fields, not just in my feel because who knows right sometimes I, I could be called to design something else other than uh, a, a theme park maybe I could be asked to create a product right can I apply those skills to create a real life product you know maybe say headphones or microphone or whatnot yeah I can can I use my skill set to create some sort of a unique app experience mm. I could right um, yeah, so I guess it's it's having that T-shaped kind of um, expertise or 
skill set will actually go a long way in serving um, whoever it is that I'm serving in this sense. Yeah, especially for, I mean, now the government, so the national, um, the Design Singapore Council, they, I mean, this T-shaped thing is, is something that they've been pushing quite strongly. Um, mm. So, um, you know, the T-shape in terms of whether you are doing maybe placemaking, so the, 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 your, spe- your spot sort of specific, uh, what do you call that, your, your, your verticals, right? Whether you're looking mm. at place or images or object or experiences or business, you have mm. that very specific verticals. But they will notice, you'll notice that in terms of the horizontals, a lot of this is very similar. Things like storytelling, mm. um, things like, you know, understanding um, research, user experience, um, uh, you know, what were some of the other ones? Um, so, you know, these are, these are still very important horizontals like, for, 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 I think, all designers that, that we're yeah. seeing. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think that's something that we, I think, I think every designer needs to do some research, you know, build that, whether it's mm. desktop research or whether it is, um, you know, uh, ethnographic research, understanding the user, who it is. I think mm. it's still very important, no matter what designer, uh, what, what type of designer you're doing, la. um, especially when you're moving up the levels, right? If you're just doing the aesthetics, right, the visuals mm. of things. Then you work on your aesthetics. If you need to mm. do a little bit more in terms of, you know, customer facing, creating new products, mm. then of course, then that's where we need to have some of those more uh, horizontal skills that we're talking about here, la, right? Mm. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I, I think, uh, I think as a, you know, then I think what that begs the, the question, right? Now you mm-hmm. were talking about this thing of, you know, being, uh, going for full-time jobs versus becoming mm. a freelancer. I mean, what are the decisions? Like? Maybe, I mean, I've, I mean, I've been a freelancer, but I've never really done it full-time. You get what I'm trying to say? I've always mm. had a job, you know, while, when, while I was doing my PhD, while mm. I was working a full-time job, I was doing right. Side, right, right. side gigs, right? I was doing side gigs, you know, to, you know, earn extra income. Yes, yes. But what would you say, you know, to somebody who's thinking about this, you know, to say that, hey, I want to do it full-time, you know, because you have done it. You've done it full-time for mm. six years, right? That's a long time, right? So you've, you've mm. been, you know, I mean, in, um, in, 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 in the recent budget they're talking about, right, self-employed, right? Mm. You are a self-employed person, right? And I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm working for the university. Um, mm. You know, it's very, very different setup. But what mm. is one, what is maybe one or two advice, you know, uh, you know, or, or points or tips that you would give to somebody to say, or considerations you would get somebody to have when they're saying, hey, I want to do this full time. I want to go into doing my own business. I want to mm. go into freelance full time. I don't want to work for somebody. I don't want to work for an institution. I don't want to work for an organization. I want to mm. work on my own. What, what would you say? What would you say to someone who's thinking about this? I would say that's there's a distinction here, right? Um, yeah, there's yeah. a distinction between a freelancer uh. and a business owner. Uh, so okay. a freelancer, what's the mindset of a freelancer? Because hmm. it's it's not so much about um, the job per se, but it's more like what is the mindset or the attitude that I bring when I come in as a freelancer. A freelancer will go by and say, hey, you know what? Um, you can charge me by the market rate. Hmm. What is the market rate? Who determines your value? Or you can peg it to, you know, maybe someone who's working in an organization, divided it. Uh, you know, divided by a number of hours, a number of days, number of weeks, blah, 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 blah. And then you get your hourly rate. Mm. Um, that's one way to go about it. Mm. But essentially, it's still kind of like a, um, 
employee kind of mindset, right? Because you think about it, freelance essentially it's it's kind of like you're you're, you're a mercenary, mm. right? In that sense, you can work for anyone. You're not bound to any organization, which is great. But if you're only just gonna be one mercenary, mm. is that something that's gonna be sustainable for you, or for the for the person, right? So that's the mindset of a freelancer. For the mindset of a business owner, um, it's different. You gotta think about okay, how do I um, scale up? Meaning that how can I bring in work that's beyond what I can do within twenty four hours, mm. right? Maybe I got to employ someone. Mm. Maybe I got to have an office, mm. right? So I can attract people. Maybe I got to do more marketing, right? How can I get in clients from across the world mm. to come into access into um, my website, engage my services. How do I work with people? Maybe I got to do content strategy. Um, so these are the things that I think uh, you know. Recently, there have been things that have been hitting me pretty hard, mm. uh, especially with now. You know, me me kind of like choosing to position my company to do what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Um. So, it's a different game. It's mm. a different game. It may be similar in a sense. I'm still I'm still one man show, but at the same time, um. I do not position myself as a one person. I position myself as a team because I do have a team, and and it can be scalable mm. uh, depending on the project. Whereas if I'm just seeing myself as a freelancer, um, I could be a very expensive freelancer, mm. you know, uh, but I'm only just a one person kind of individual rather than trying to secure a bigger project with uh, getting more more hands involved and hands on deck for that matter. I see. Yeah. I see. So I mean. This whole freelance thing, I mean, I could be a, f- I mean, a person can be a freelance project manager, right? And, oh yeah, of course. And they are, they are doing similar things to what you're talking about, right? You know, as in. But it's, it's different it, because the uh, business owner is one who negotiates the deal. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's the one who decides that okay, how much is this project worth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much are you willing to pay me? Is this the value that is worthwhile that you know allows me to make a profit? Yeah. So I'm getting paid beyond my hourly rate, but I'm. I'm getting paid based on the value that I provide to the client. Yeah, and, and that's, that's that's something very different. Okay, yeah. and you feel that's and you feel that that's different to a freelancer, like, But I mean, of course, this is we're going into the 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 the, the, the semantics of, of 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 these definitions, like, Right, but I think mm. I mean I agree there are there, I think there are differences essentially, right? I mean, a freelancer, mm-hmm. you are looking at a specific set of skills. Mm. Um. One, but once you start thinking about it as a business and growing that business, I think I think the key point that you brought up is that growth, right? The mm. the aspect that your business is something that will eventually grow, and you're looking to scale to a certain degree. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Scale scalability. I think scaling is the the biggest um difference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Am I limited by my twenty four hours? Yes. 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 Which is which is which is true. So when you're starting to think about it, you're not just charging people based on your per hour rate right you're also starting to mm. think about it as full-on services you're, you're you're sort of seeing the business as um you know multiple facets and mm. you're selling those multiple facets as as a service um, and of course this comes down to how well you promote yourself market yourself as well like, right? I, I'm still learning how to be yeah, better yeah, at that yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I'm horrible at that uh, but we, I mean uh, we're learning, we're learning. I mean, this is the year for yeah. me to polish that yeah, 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 which is good which is good then okay I mean I think some of the viewers may be wondering you know oh you're Dominic of Pen and Paper Studios 
but what what is this Robosaurus draws? You know? Ah, ah see, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this yeah, is yeah. thank you for pointing that out. I I, I, I did, I did. Yeah, I have to, have to. Yeah, talk about this you should, you bit. should. But yeah, so Robosaurus draws is kind of like my personal brand, mm. uh, which is more with with uh, more educational twist to it. Ah. So it's more catered for a um, younger audience uh, who wants to learn about drawing and learning about art and and whatnot. So this is where I can support them. Um, I usually do streaming on Twitch, mm. uh, but I'm, again, I'm rethinking that. Where can I reach out to a wider audience with this brand? So this is different from um, when I engage my clients. Pen and paper is a more formal kind of corporate brand, and I this see, is I more see. informal. This is more like fun, uh, fun stuff. It's my own pet project, fun, fun thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Robosaurus draws. I mean, I like robots. I like dinosaurs and I draw. So you draw. You know why? Why not? You know it. It matches, right? Everything. Everything fits. But I mean, I I think that's that's something that that is worth talking about, right? Like as a business, mm. you have pen and paper studios, right? That yes. that's sort. Of, I would say that's the overarching, um, organization, lah, right? In which you have registered. You can go to GBs and get jobs from there as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Robosaurus Draws is just one of the entities within your pen and paper studio style. Would you would you say that sounds correct? Um, do I want it to be? I still haven't decided yet. Okay. Well, it could be totally separate. It's very um, iterative. I haven't decided whether I want it to be under the pen and paper umbrella. But okay. I mean, the, the common denominator is me, of course. Yes, like, yes, yes, know? yes. I'm the one that owns both brands. Like. Yeah. Okay. Ah, okay. That's good. good, good. That's good. Then, mm. I mean... Um, I mean that. So I mean, as a business owner, um, slash, you know, some people, some people maybe don't consider you as business owner. Some people say, oh no, you're a freelancer. But anyway, it doesn't I think that's that's not the discussion. <laughs> it's it's still today. a little bit confusing. Ah, I, I yes, still, yes, yes, still, yes. I mean, yeah. I still do that. I still yeah. do get that sometimes. Yeah, so that yeah, means yeah. it also shows that my positioning isn't strong enough. Mm. Um, but I mean, positioning takes time to build up. Yeah. So I'm still building it up, and I'm still thinking about how I can. Um, Push my website out to feature more folks in my team. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so which is which is I think an- another important point, right? Which is when you're talking mm. about business, it's um it's hard to sometimes separate the individual, the business owner, from the business itself, right? So sometimes yes. when I talk to you, it's you know, do I talk to you as Dom Dominic or do I talk mm. to you as Pen and Paper Studio? So sometimes it's also as a business, it's a bit hard to separate that. And I, I think I've seen it for some um design companies as well. You know, those that start out with one or two people, then it's mm. like, oh, you're just two people who are uh, you know, your Jack and your James, right? But mm. actually the business is, you know, is, is JJ or something like that, whatever the business name is. So it's also mm. about making sure that as a business, you are also branding yourself. And I think, I mean, I, I think it's quite natural. I think a lot of people, when you're starting to think about businesses, when you market yourself mm-hmm. as a business, as a entity rather than as an individual, I think people subconsciously do see... Um, maybe a little bit more value, right? They sort of see like a little bit more. I'm not not say integrity. Not integrity is not the authenticity, right? They they can trust it mm. a little bit more if it's a, a company, right? Um, yeah. Rather yeah, than yeah. if it's an individual, I, I think I think subconsciously a lot of people feel that way. Like, oh, I'm dealing with the business, as rather than dealing with just a freelancer or an individual. And I think, um, yeah, it's something that has the one person has to has to consider la, Yeah, when they are when yeah, they so, their own. So I think mm. like for, for people who just want to freelance or you know consider being their own boss, these are things that they really have to consider. Like, you know, um because branding is important, right? It's not just a logo, it's not just a name, 
it's about what you want, like what you're mentioning, right? The subconscious. What's the mm. gut feel that people experience when you talk about pen and paper studios? Mm. What's the gut feel that people experience when they talk about RoboService Draws? Mm. It's two different things. Yeah. What's the gut feel when people are listening to the podcast called Everything Design, right? Hey, hey <laughs> there you go. Nice. Yeah. Exactly. So it's important. And I think savvy designers who, con- I mean, who factor that, you know, when they go into when they strike it out on their own. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, they can leverage on it a lot better. I mean, I I was, I didn't know anything about branding hmm. until only late um, last year when I took up a, you know, um, business bootcamp. Um, that, that really got me to think a little bit more about um, positioning. So that's, that's where I am right now. Because, hmm. uh, you know, more things to consider as I grow up as an individual, as my business grows as well. Hmm. So, have to think a little bit more, like, you know, have to be more intentional and deliberate about what I do rather than just um, masak masak, like, you know, let things come and let <laughs> things go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So your AGM, you have to call all your people <laughs> together and you sit in a room and you talk to yourself. Uh. Yeah. At early stages, that's maybe what you do, like, right? Like, oh, yeah. you're in, when you're in your room on your own and you're holding your AGM. But the AGM, even though it's still one person, it's still important because you need to, uh, you need to sit down and be very... Um, very clear in terms of where what the what's the direction of the business that you 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 want the direction or the business the direction of the mm. business to head into la, right so what's the future what's the plan what kind of jobs you want to take what are the jobs that you don't want to take or you shouldn't take mm. that don't represent your business um, in the best in the best way right so I think that's yeah. something that's 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 that's, uh, that's very very valuable and I think you know today we also did cover quite a few things already I mean it's um, you know we talk about the whole idea of scalability we talk mm. about you know positioning we talk about branding um, we also talk about the perception that that people may have when it comes to you know the difference between a business as well as a, as a, as a being a freelancer on your own the scope of the work the type of work that you're doing as well I think that's the quite a lot of things that we we, we, we spoke about um, I guess you know to sort of uh, end off a little bit you know I think we covered mm. quite a lot of things um, I mean, what is, you know, it, let's say somebody is graduating, you know, or somebody is just starting out on their own and mm. they are thinking about doing, um, going into, you know, freelance or, you know, want to start their own business uh, mm. in design. What's one piece of advice that you give to them? Um, know your stuff well. And if you don't know, go read up. At least, like, like what uh, Chris Doe always say, right? If you don't know something, read up at least like five books on it, written by experts, so that at least when you go into a discussion, mm. you sound like you know it, mm. right? I think that's important. Not not encouraging anyone to fake fake it till they know it, but it's more like you go in there at least you know what is happening, and you can, you know, you know the lingo. You can kind of like, um, I mean, we're all creative people, right? We can mm. we can kind of like troubleshoot it once we know the lingo mm. so it's important to know that yeah, yeah. Wow, I think you end off on a I mean we're ending on a good note and uh, of course shout out to Chris Doe uh, of uh, The Future uh, if you hear our podcast uh, yeah uh, <laughs> we're always welcome uh, please be um, you know be welcome to join us you know and talk about 
design. Uh, of course, uh, Chris Doe is in the States and uh, we're here in uh, sunny Singapore, which is, uh, uh, which is very hot and I'm uh, sitting in my kitchen and perspiring, but it's okay. Um, you know, uh, but, but I mean, I think, I think what you, you mentioned is, 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 is very true, right? When we talk about, um, you know, wanting to go into something, we need to have that prior knowledge. Like, and if you're not an expert, it's fine. You know, it's, there's so many resources out there in the world. Many people have written uh, books about everything you know from robots to dinosaurs to drawing right um you know there's so many you know um online articles um uh, people have written a lot about you know medium a lot of medium pages blog posts um newspaper articles on you know statistics or maybe op pieces um you know books that are out there the library is always you know chocked full of books and i think um, yeah, I mean, we always have to be... I, I do try to remind myself that I have to read um, a little bit more, you know, try to get, uh, you know, pick up a new book as often as I can. Even if I don't finish the book, at least go through the different chapters, you know, uh, understand mm. what, what the, the, the concept or the theory is talking about. Um, if I'm, you know, re- learning about new thing, you know, within technology or the social sciences, or even in design, I always try to give get a bit of that reading, um, you know, and and, and that, that knowledge before I by before I go in into that discussion or that meeting or things like that. Which is, I think that's very good advice, you know, um, you know, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, when you sometimes I have to admit that you know I do fake it till I somehow uh, make it, but that's not the best advice that we should be giving people, right? Um, mm. You know, definitely go into things uh, with as much information as you can, and then you know, figure your way around that through that discussion, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I and, and I think what you brought up is actually very important because sometimes you know people have this impression that designers need to know the solution to every single thing, mm. right? And it's important, equally important to say, I don't know. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's okay to That's be honest true. to say, hey, I don't know. You know, some. Yeah. I mean, if they are good clients, they will appreciate the honesty, mm. and then you can work together and collaborate and say, you know, how can we solve this together? Yeah. Right, because no one knows everything. Mm. Yeah. Right. No, no, of course, of course. And I think um, you also mentioned one more thing. Um, I think the the, the which is the whole uh, the whole thing about clients, right? Mm. Um, and I just wanted to ask you, um, which is. Um, in terms of finding clients, right? Um, what what is the tip that you would give to somebody who doesn't have any clients and and it's like, oh, I need to find clients. Where do I find my clients? You know, how do I get my clients? You know, is there something that you can share? Yeah. Um, in terms yeah. of getting clients. So, when I started out with uh, you know zero referrals, zero contacts, um, I was glad to have a bunch of friends from ADM mm. who. Uh, you know, knew that I was freelancing and they said, hey, I got a gig for you. Do you want to try? And, you know, once you have a successful delivery, um, people who like you will just continue to give you work. So, like, for those who are studying, um, yeah, be good friends. Be good, reliable <laughs> buddies to your classmates. Because you never know. They could be the ones who could give you opportunities. They are your first um, circle of network, you know, people who are going to be in a design field when they graduate, yeah. right? Especially if they work in a big company or a small company or whatever company, mm. those are the places where there will be more opportunities or those are the places that will give you the chance to to, to, to work. Yeah. So, be a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't be a, don't be a teet or a dee. 
to yeah 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 sensor sensor yeah yeah but no no true true I think I think yeah I mean we we have to be nice in the industry lah I mean the design industry is very small and I think actually to be honest most industries are also quite small lah Singapore is a very small place. Once yeah. word gets out that you're a bit of a you know a douchebag, um, you know not very nice guy to work with, difficult to work with, um, it's a bit hard to 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 move around. And I think word spreads, right? I I've heard of cases where people in a you know in one in a particular agency, right? Mm. They they left mm. and it wasn't good. Then when they moved to the new agency. You know, word starts to spread, and then like, hey, didn't you work with this person before? Then they'll be like, yeah, mm. wow, he was such a difficult person to work with. You know, we'll never take him back. You know, we're surprised mm-hmm. you even took him. Um, and then I think word natu- word naturally will spread, la. So I think one, I think one very important piece of advice is really to say, um, you know, be a nice person, treat everybody mm. well. You know, um, and I think. You know, yeah. I just just be nice and don't don't be an don't be an idiot and don't be a you know uh don't be a covidiot. You know, especially now <laughs> now our, we've got this covid and this is terminology, uh, yeah. of a covidiot. You know, or don't be a design idiot. You know, um, yeah. I think essentially don't be an idiot. Like, I think not being an yeah. idiot will get you far enough. You know, I think it's the first step. Right, to yeah. not being an idiot opens up quite a few doors for you, or at least it doesn't close half of the doors that you potentially could have had, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just have another point to add as well. Mm. Like you know, some people say cold emails work. Um, I would say cold emails generally fail more often than than they do. Yeah. So if if someone wants to consider freelance, um, and they don't have a network, you know what? There's so many opportunities to go for meetups, ah. meet entrepreneurs, right? I mean. Basic design problem solving, right? You don't mm-hmm. have a network. What do you do? Find a you, network. Your network. Yes, yes, yes. Find your network, right? Yeah. So yeah, just go go meet up people, you know, because it's kind of off-putting, right? When you when you send someone an email and they say, hey, you know, I'm 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 doing this 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 this. Would you give me a job? Yeah. I mean, I used to think that was kind of nice, but recently now I've gotten people who say, hey, you know what? Uh, I I would like to intern with you. Would it mm. be possible? I mean, for me, I would just like uh. No, I even, I barely even know you as a person. Yes, yes. Why yes. would I even think of giving you a job or interning with you? I you know, see, get, getting you as an intern, right? Hmm. Um, yeah. So it's important to just meet people then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get yourself out there. Go to meetups. There's a lot of uh, meetup groups through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot. Of, I think there are a lot of design events. I I do see. Um, I mean, let's just talk about the u- user experience, the UX side, right? There's UXSG. Yeah, um, Design yeah. Singapore Council yeah. also has quite and, a few, and, and, and yeah. I think it's also helpful to know your competitors because some people say, "Hey, you don't, ah, don't, you know, don't know yes, your yes, competitors." Yes, good point. Like, good point. For me, it's because I, I managed to build a, a reputation. I don't want to say reputation, but kind of I built a friendship with with my competitor. Yeah. <laughs> in in what I do, uh, Dan Wong. I'm I'm sure you know mm. of Dan Wong, right? A good citizen, you know that that illustrator. There. Yeah. And it's it's been great because. Sometimes he has work. He passes them over to me. Mm. I have work. I pass it over to him. Um, yeah, it's it's friendly competition is good, and yeah. you know you're drawing from the same pool of clients. Mm. So it's it's good to just, I mean, at the end of the day, just be a nice guy, nice person to work with. Don't know people, no more people. That's about it. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Okay. I think that 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 ends off. We'll end off today's session. Um, I think you know. 
you know, we want to thank uh, Dominic for. Oh, uh, thank you for having yeah, yeah. me. Yeah, no, no, no. Thank you for, for joining us for our everyday everything design podcast and show. Um, and you know, um, so now that you're you know listening, you've heard the end of it, and you like to. Um, collaborate or find Dominic you know I will have his details in the links uh, and links in the description um, so please feel free to contact Dominic um, for any uh, inquiries about his business or working together with his business entity or if you would like him to draw any particular thing on his Robosaurus draws um, feel free to connect with him as well um, and yeah I will have all the things uh, in the in the description and yeah, and well, thank you very much for sticking around with us for another episode of Everything Design. And we will see you in the next episode. And we will try and we will basically be launching uh, on a weekly basis. And I'll see you next Thursday. All right. All right. Okay, so thanks, Dom. And uh, we'll see everyone and have a good week ahead, a good weekend. And we'll see you again next week. All right. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye.